you get a blood test and the blood test shows you have low, let's say, t- testosterone for both men and women. That's a blood test. But if you really back up, the reason you have that low testosterone for both men or women is you don't get enough rest. So back to the nervous system, because if the nervous system's on, you're not making building and sex hormones, you're making survival hormones. Right. So that getting back to, hmm, you mean that I don't need to take a hormone replacement? Well, maybe not the second. We need to get you to sleep more or get more rest or more stillness. All right. Well, welcome back to another Resty Move podcast. Dad's back from uh, his trip up north. Again, congratulations on the 41st wedding anniversary. Today, we're going to talk about something we really kind of get into the weeds later into the books and presentations and the conversations around your body's always talking to you, which then leads into a little bit of uh, body care and the things you put on your skin. But When you came up with kind of this slogan and we've worked it around and try to make it something that people can remember, your body's always talking and you write, you need to listen. Or you could say, are you listening? Or do you know how to listen? Talk to the listeners about why this came about and and where you see a lot of people suffering because they're not really paying attention to their body. Well, for a long time, we've talked about the first step of behavior change is is self-awareness. And unfortunately, in our world, as you mentioned, we're not taught about, you know, how do you listen to your body? And what does that really even mean? And so if you looked at the human body itself, it has an amazing ability to cope and respond and heal and self-correct. But if you don't listen to it, you don't really know. If my knees bother me, why is my knee bother me? If my cholesterol is out of balance, why is it out of balance? If I have acid reflux, why do I have to ask reflux? In reality, is or a headache or whatever it might be, but the body's telling you something's out of balance. And unfortunately, we try to get through it as fast as possible. So if I have a headache, you take ibuprofen or an anti-inflammatory. Or if I have acid reflux, I take a, a, a acid blocker or a proton pump inhibitor. So that's that's where it came up with is that, you know, people are always like, hey, look, my blood work is great. We've talked a lot about Know Your Numbers, and if you're not familiar with that, we have a Know Your Numbers a download, something you take to your doctor. And people get all really, you know, interested in that when we talk about it. But when you talk about the other things that have nothing to do with blood work, why? Well, let's, let's stop right there. Why? why? Why is Know Your Numbers so... We pay doctors more for Know Your Numbers. We pay uh, uh, pharmaceutical companies for the things in Know Your Numbers. Why don't we have more emphasis on, like, why your breath smells? In fact, I had a woman call me yesterday about her breath, you know, and then she sent us a text on that. But let's just step back for a second. Many people will pay thousands of dollars to go to, you know, the best and the brightest hospitals to get their blood work and this and that. But in reality is... Which is just a test, a diagnostic. A and and it's, it's, it's essential. It's a great way. You can measure this and that. But I would, I would bet that you're going to get much more impact of the body and the mind if you really learn how to listen. You know, we've known, Weston Price talked about this, you know, since the 30s and 40s about teeth and gums. So when the teeth and gums are Dr. Ed Peters, you know, you talk about eye care, um, there's all these wonderful ways that the body's talking back to us 
What's your sleep look like? If you got broken sleep, why? You got to ask the question, why is my blood pressure out of balance? Or why is my resting heart rate too high? These have nothing to do with a blood test. My, my favorite is hair, skin, and nails. Because your skin is kind of a mirror of what's going on inside. Well, skin is your lar- largest organ. So when I was growing up, I had bad skin, psoriasis, eczema, got health issues, but, and they just gave me stuff. But can you, can you kind of like go into, for example, hair, skin, and nails is important for a lot of people. You've seen a lot of like the topical stuffs and the creams and the expensive, you know, things you're putting on your body, which we'll get into maybe in a second around uh, body care. So they're still going after some symptomatic things versus the source of why the problem exists in the first place. Well, I'll just, again, back to use me as an example, but I had severe dandruff when I was in like junior high school. So just get dandruff shampoo. So dandruff shampoo, or I had major skin problems. I had eczema and psoriasis. And so I was given cortisone creams and Rub more creams on it. Or, yeah, and so it really broke through my skin and my skin. But you're looking for relief. You need some relief. Yeah, if it be fixed. Help me fix me. But reality is, why is my skin, why is my hair, you know, if you think about hair, what do they put in shampoo? They put in minerals. When you look at moisturizers, they put in, you know, moisturizers. So they put in some type of water. So if you just step back, I remember I had a, a, a client way back in the day, um, Joan Carpenter, and she was in her mid-80s. In fact, I remember playing golf with her in her late late 80s. And and one day she comes in, and she was a dancer, and I just loved her. And she was very quiet. She comes in, and she says, honey, she called me honey, honey, are my nails supposed to grow faster? <laughs> because my nails have never grown so fast. And she says, I now have moons on my finger, and I've never had those before. She says, what's that from? I said, well, Joan, we've changed a lot of what you're eating, omega-3 fats. We're talking about this and that. And it really hit her that her nails are growing more. Her, she's got be- more beautiful nails. But most people, when you look at that, and you think about this sometimes when you go to a health club and you see the men in the locker room and you look at their feet, you're like, oh, geez, gosh, it's just ugly. But <laughs> reality is, is that that's talking back. Skin is a largest organ. It's a great mirror. Your hair, you know, when I see people and they have vibrant hair or, or their skin's vibrant or their eyes or whatever, you know right away they're healthy. And you don't even have to look at their blood work. Blood works are probably going to be very. So that's that's really the yeah. I mean, I, and then the the body's talking back. Yeah, I love the, the two parts. So your body's always talking to you. So number one is accepting that we are going to have cues and clues before the scale. I mean, the scale is maybe a cue that you can see, but I don't know in your in your work in my work, it's usually the last symptom that starts to get haywire if we don't listen to these other things first, but yet it's the first thing that we wake up and say, well, I got to lose, I gotta lose some weight in 2024. Well, your eyes are a mess. Your breath doesn't smell very good. Your skin's been dry. You've had poor digestion. Why are you paying attention to these things? Cause we're not taught. And so let's, let's teach them some of the ways that you can listen or the ways that your body is trying to talk back. So I talk about eyes, teeth and gums, breath, sleep, digestion, elimination, energy. We talked about energy last podcast, muscles, tendons, ligaments, bones, skin, hair, nails, body weight. I think, again, just to let the listeners and viewers know that breath is going to be the, one of the future diagnostics. And I think it, it already is. Yeah. 
And so when you look at blood tests, again, it's the gold standard, but breath is going to have over 80 diagnostics coming up. And why is that? Because the breath tells you everything. And because it's a gateway to your gut. It's a gateway to the gut. So I had talked to this woman yesterday, Mary, and I was telling Mary, you know, your breath is directly related to your gut. So you can take a mouthwash and it's going to make you, you know, short term, but it's always coming from the gut. We've all been this before, you know, when people get sick and they belch, you know right away they're sick. So, you know, you know it's interesting to say about the mouthwash. There's actually a lot of new literature around how the mouthwash uh, changes your gut microbiome sure. in, a, in a negative way. Yeah, in a negative way, because again, you know, digestion begins in the mouth. And so if you're killing all the digestive enzymes in the mouth, you're not helping the gut break foods down. So again, that's why we're such a fans of water with lemon and apples, chewing your food, and chewing your food, not taking a probiotic from not a taking supplement. a probiotic and not taking acid blockers and things like that because you now you're creating this. You know, the garden is now in the gut is now getting upset. So, so anytime you know, I remember growing up in our house, we had kale pectate. We lived on it, <laughs> but nobody ever said it. You know, like this is not normal that you have kale pectate for you know, diarrhea or, you know, constipation or whatever it is. So it, it's, you know, when we talk a lot about the bulls, I'm going to kind of jump around here for a second, but, you know, the bulls is really a great indicator of if your body's eliminated correctly, your bowel movement, your urine, your lymph, your lungs, your skin. And if those, all those super highways are open, you're going to have great elimination. You're probably going to have better skin. You're going to have better hair. You're going to have better everything. But again, we're not, we're not listening. So in our house, we weren't listening Everybody in our family's got diarrhea. Well, hello, we need to have some wake-up call that maybe that's not correct. So that's why we're talking about this today. You know, what you're saying kind of triggered something. So I was in the office here uh, last week, and a gentleman came in. He was trying to sell some internet or something like that. And he came in. He's very, uh, you know, energetic and had a good personality. And what do you do? And so I told him, and... He was halfway out the door, came back in and said, well, what do you think about this? And I told him and he halfway out the door and he said, hey, I got this problem. I've had really bad digestion for the last four years, four or five years. So like he's out the door, in the door, out the door, into the door. He didn't know what we did at all. And then next thing you know, you, you have all this pain. And when you look at him, you wouldn't probably guess that that was his thing, but he's aware of it. But how long did it take him to become aware of it is what I was thinking. And then he wanted a solution in this half out the door, half in the door, like take this thing and you'll be, and when my response, and I think you'd respond the same way. I don't think he knew that my response could even be what I said. What do you think I said? Well, I'd say you got to get your gut healthy, but you got to do it slowly. I said, are you a nervous guy? Are you stressed out? Yeah, your nervous system's out of balance. And he said, yeah, I took this new job and I haven't been this right since. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's the complexity, but also the simplicity of what we're talking about. I mean, it's pretty simple, but when you make it so overwhelming, like, well, what's the gut have to do with my sleep or what's my eyes have to do with my skin? You don't need to know the X's and O's. You don't need to know where they connect and the origins and all those things. What you need to know is they're connected. They're connected. And and he knows he's got stress. He knows he's got bad digestion. And what we're trying to do today is 
allow you to listen because you can connect that on your own. And, and I said, one of the biggest problems that I see is digestion is at its all-time worst. Immune systems at its all-time lowest level in, I would say, human existence, or at least in the United States. And we've never been more stressed. And what does that have to do with it? I mean, the science of stress, if you look at the science, it's right there in front of us. Sympathetic fight or flight, that's where we're all in, uh, you know, alarm. And then you got parasympathetic rest and digest. It says it right there. You cannot have a good digestion unless you have relaxation, which I think everyone realizes when you're stressed, you're not relaxed. So yeah. he, he left, he left <laughs> with a book and I think he was pretty excited because he's been trying to bandaid this thing for probably five years, you know, taking these things and going to the doctor and doing another scope. And like, is there a tumor? Like, that's where we go versus stepping back and saying, hmm, I'm super stressed. I got a new job I don't really like, or um, I got a, a lot going on, and this is getting worse and worse and worse. Well, and I, again, you don't want to make this so difficult, but that's why we always start with rest and then eat <laughs> I know. and move. And the reason we're starting with rest, as just you mentioned, if the nervous system's out of balance, that the sympathetic nervous system is on too much or the parasympathetic nervous system's on too much. You know, we talk about this all the time. I mean, one of the fastest way to help people change their emotion is to get them to move. So, but part of that is we, we have to people have, just, just understand a real basic that your nervous system needs to be relatively in balance to have good digestion. So what that leads to, like, for example, we'll talk about sleep. So sleep would be your body's talking back to you, not sleeping. Well, before I'm going to talk to people about actually the, the science of sleep, we're going to talk a little bit about the nervous system because in the nervous system is where your hormones are made. It's like serotonin, your transmitter, and serotonin makes melatonin, and you can see how it starts to roll. The, the, there's a light bulb goes on when we start talking about that. They're like, I never knew my gut controlled my sleep. Well, all you're doing is telling me you're not sleeping, I'm stepping back for a second and saying, okay, why is this person not sleeping? And I think that's part of modern medicine that is so good is the uh, isolated specialty can go deep when deep is needed. But what we're talking about at the surface level, when, you're, when your skin starts to go bad, because it normally didn't start bad, or when you know, your breath starts to get dry or doesn't smell right, or you know, you're having these like pains in your gut, it usually, and some people it did, you know, some people were dealt a bad hand, but usually it didn't start that way. And so when we don't pay attention, don't pay attention and keep doing the same thing repetitive. And now you're to the point where you're asking a doctor whose expertise is going down into the, the roots and you, you haven't even paid attention to the bark and outside of the tree. You know, we'll talk sometimes like, you get a blood test, and the blood test shows you have low, let's say, t testosterone for both men and women. That's a blood test. But if you really back up, the reason you have that low testosterone for both men or women is you don't get enough rest. So back to the nervous system, because if the nervous system's on, you're not making building and sex hormones, you're making survival hormones. Right. So that getting back to, hmm, you mean that I don't need to take a hormone replacement? Well, maybe not the second. We need to get you to sleep more or get more rest or more stillness. If you want, if you want to, again, 
l- respond to the body? Are you gonna are you gonna look for the answer? Your body's always talking you, you to you. You mentioned earlier. I was telling this group this morning. I was speaking to. Walk down the digestive aisle in any grocery store today. They don't have these things in there if they're not selling. And so if I have acid indigestion, you don't take in Tums or you don't take Prilosec or you don't take, because if as soon as you do that, now you're, but people want to get that instant fix. I think the digestive aisle is, is, is the most interesting thing because it can't be more on point to your body is talking to you. Mm-hmm. I have diarrhea. I have constipation. Right. I have, um, acid reflux. reflux. Right. I have a ulcer. I have, it's, it just goes on and on and on. Again, that's your body. It's screaming the same way, like for anti-inflammatory. There's a, there's a doctor that I follow that really specializes in anxiety. And his whole thing is anxiety is, is your body telling you something's wrong. Correct. You're not, the, the issue isn't anxiety. The issue is what your body's trying to speak to you about. Like, is there danger? Do you not, are you not doing something here? Like, and, and that's an, again, that's your mental, you know, your body, the body's kind of a weird word because we do mean your mind and body. Yeah, we're talking all one. All one. So things, My body. Talk. it's so sophisticated and elegant and magical, but when we're just so, uh, I would say, unattuned or haven't been taught, we miss this opportunity to, to take well, what it's actually turning. Carnegie Hall and you were sitting in the audience and listening to this most amazing orchestra and all of a sudden the tuba player decides he's going to take a nap or the violinist or whatever. Now you've lost the complete harmony of the whole thing and that's the human body. The body will do whatever it can. But eventually, over time, something. Yeah, the rest of the band will take over. The band will take over, and then right. the next person's out. Yeah, and the next person's out. And the next person's out, and the next thing you know, you don't really have that amazing. That's why you went to Carnegie Hall. So I think that's sometimes we just keep masking and masking and masking. My knee bothers me. Okay, I'm just going to take some kind of uh, you know anti-inflammatory. That well, it's just that. I'm getting old. I mean, it's going to happen. Can't do that anymore. Reality is. You might have lost the mobility. You create the synergy in the body and the strength there. And so it's always interesting. It's like a private investigator. When you have an when you have something that's a little bit out of balance, just stop yourself in the, your tracks and just say, hmm, why is my cholesterol out of balance? Why is my blood pressure creeping up? We know. We've talked about this a hundred times. It's almost impossible to have high, high blood pressure if you know how to quiet the mind and relax the body. And that's basically through our breath. So, but if you have high blood pressure, you're going to go in and your blood pressure is high. You're probably going to get a calcium channel blocker, an angiotensin drug, or possibly a beta blocker. And reality is we need to learn how to balance the nervous system. So again, we're not saying it's anybody's fault, but as Justin Grinnell said the other day, it, it could be your responsibility. And then you start seeking out, you know, how do you get people to help you with some of these challenges? I love this topic. Let's move move from this topic because I think the point's made. Your body is always talking to you. Do what you can to try to listen. And if you don't know where to start, uh, again, we write about it. We talk about it. Reach out to us. We'd happy to kind of take it further. But someone told me uh, long ago, and this I think is not new advice, but the answer always lies within us if we allow ourselves to find it. You know, we don't need 
too many external people to tell us what's wrong or too many people to tell us, you know, what you need to do right. It's there. Now there's some skills and there's some knowledge that we need to acquire, but most of the time it's trying to tell tell us that that check engine light's on. I think one thing left, because the check engine light is what we're talking about, but one last thing in this subject is you have to slow down to listen. Mm. And if you're not slowing down, you're not listening. It's almost impossible to listen. So that's the thing I try to do when I'm sitting down with a person individually is let's just stop for a second and let's start with some basics. But we got to listen first. Yep, got to slow down. Okay, let's move into body care essentials. This is something that really you're really passionate about and and it's not the first thing you normally speak about, but uh, sometimes you can't help it because it, it is a big part of your health. What you put on your skin, we were just talking about skin's largest organ, it's going to go in the body. So where do you want the listener to start when we talk about body care essentials? Well, I'm going to talk about my sister just for a second. So my sister Paula, she's a occupational therapist, just recently retired, naturopath. Um, and she's taught me a lot in the whole body care product line. But she always really begins with your, think of your health as a bathtub. And we have this bathtub. And again, everybody has genetics. We all have that. But just imagine your bathtub being full. But then we slowly let the water out and eventually we kind of lose the health. So your health is like thinking about a bathtub. And, and sometimes we don't think about how body care can really improve your health or decrease your health. And when you think about what goes on the skin, it goes in the body. And I never really thought about this. And as you mentioned just at the beginning, this is not a subject I talk about at the very beginning because you're going to lose the entire audience. You're like, what's this guy talking about? But step back today and say, could you bite into your soap and eat your soap and not get sick? If you looked at your toothpaste, it says harmful or fatal if swallowed. Probably don't want to put that toothpaste in my mouth. So that's kind of how we begin is that that those things that we use, body care products day in and day out, need to be um, back to the source. Where does it come from? And there's so many different options for you. We talk a lot about aluminum chlorhydrate. Never want to put aluminum chlorhydrate underneath the armpit because it blocks your lymph. And so when you think about deodorants, you're saying I shouldn't be using a deodorant. I didn't say that. You shouldn't use the antiperspirant. But when you use it, pick a deodorant, you do not want aluminum chlorohydrate underneath the armpit. So that's how we begin. You begin with the things that you use the most every day, and you systematically swap them out. And we have a great handout called Brand Favorites, but all my clients, I swap out their soap, swap out their toothpaste, swap out their shampoo, you know, what they put on their skin, whether it's oils or lotions or whatever. There's lots of great options out there. It's interesting. We've talked about this maybe years ago on a podcast or through some of our work, but antiperspirant was created, I don't know, in the 20s or 30s. And at the time, any respectable doctor was like, this is the most harmful thing you could ever do to stop the sweat. Stop the sweat. Stop the sweat. Because you're sweating for a reason. To eliminate yeah, and if you block it, it's going to go somewhere else. So the toxicity that's trying to be released is going to go somewhere else. Well, they figured out a way to kind of market it a different way, and, and now it is it is the most common thing of, well, sure, just do an antiperspirant. You shouldn't have to sweat. And this this is probably, to me, the the one that 
I think everybody should do. I agree. But I understand yeah, I agree. that if you go 18, 20, 25, 35 years using antiperspirant and you go to a natural deodorant, it's not going to be a easy transition because your body is used to having this thing block your sweat. And once that floodgate opens back up, it may actually, you may sweat more. It may have a, a smell that you're not comfortable with. Doesn't mean that the body is unhealthy or it doesn't mean that the body, like you're different than other people. It's like, it's again, it's talking back to us in a way that we should. Well, again, you just hit it. One of the downsides, again, if, if you're going to say, let's do one change, I would start with you. you I would you. say that's number one. Yeah, start with your deodorant. Don't change anything else. Just start with there. And there's so many options out there. And if one doesn't work well for you, try another one. But yeah. there's lots of options. It's taken me a while. And, yeah, and I actually have to rotate because. Yeah, <clears throat> mix it up. I'm not, sh I'm not sure we were meant to put deodorant under our armpit. You know, it, it creates a little bit of irritation. Yeah. And, and sometimes I, you know, I've gone, I've gone periods of time where I don't use it at all. But again, when you're around people and sometimes you're busy and, you know. Yeah. Culturally, hygienically. Yeah. Yes. That, that's a problem. So, so, but let's go back to this for a second. The big problem is they're called end, endocrine disruptors. Sure. And what an endocrine is your, is your hormones. And now you disrupt them. And so. That's the downside. That's the side effect. That's the problem. And so when you, well, you just said it. If I put this on my body, I'm disrupting my hormones. And it's not cause and effect. Like if you put on antiperspirant, it's not going to cause X, but it's going to disrupt. Disrupt. And down the way, down that, disruptor. down that river, right. something may so happen. I've had many people, they don't sweat. They're not sweating the way they should sweat. Hormones are out of balance. Sure. And then you're putting something on the body that the body is making the body not sweat. You're disrupting those hormones. So now you can see why we're talking about this for the future health. Everybody that I have that I work with individually with cancer, I'm trying to always make sure their lymphatic system is clean as possible because we want that immune system to work the way it can or whatever. And that's the first step I, I say to them, just say, we're not going to try to disrupt your hormonal balance, but we want to start with your deodorant. Maybe ne next step would be your toothpaste. You don't have to change everything overnight, but understand, and that's why we're having this conversation today, because people think, what are you talking about? I mean, we're, I think everybody realizes that plastics are not so healthy for us, or these things all disrupt your endocrine. Are those micro bees that they're put in body washes? We're, we're getting more exposed to some of these. Yeah, parabens. I mean, it goes on and on. Uh, phylates, you know, formaldehyde. I mean, think about the the crazinesses, but some of these puddings that you can get, these instant puddings. Oh, back, he loves you know, talking about pudding. <laughs> you're going to, you know, mercury, uh, glycol, um, lead, dioxin, these are all endocrine disruptors. And so when you're really getting back to the source, you don't have to worry about it. But when you look at your body care products, there's a lot of this stuff in there. And that's why we're talking about it. Because if you do it every day, that's build. that's the buildup. Yeah, so for me, so maybe you share. For me, the ones that I pay attention to the most, number one is is deodorant. I found one. It's it's expensive, but I value. I value a smelling good, and also not blocking sweating. So, yeah, when I'm I'm stressed, I'm gonna sweat more. 
but I have to maybe learn how to manage my stress versus just saying put on more antiperspirant or wear another shirt. Like there's all the, these all but these. What you just said is what stress doing. The sympathetic nervous system is speeding up. It's going to make your heart rate go up, blood pressure go up. It's trying to cool you down. You're going to perspire. Yeah. So then uh, face lotion, I use face lotion. Um, I find I use it every day. I'm going to want one that's not got the parabens and the other harmful things. Shaving cream, you know, um, not using a shaving cream that's like a instant foam. You know, the chemicals that create that are not something that I want to put on my skin. It dries it out and do those all, a bunch of alcohols. And then shampoo and conditioner. And, and then then soap and but when I go to a hotel, I don't get too caught up into it. When I, you know, at some points, I usually travel with some of this stuff, but it's about the majority. Correct. So let's just say 70% of the time, am I putting pretty natural, transparent items on my body? And my skin's never been better. So those are some things that I do. What, what do you pay attention to? Well, number one is deodorant. Um, toothpaste is a big deal because you put it in your mouth and we know the mouth is the beginning of any type of digestion. And so you want to play around with your toothpaste and there's lots of options out there. Um, and then from there, I'm kind of going down the path. You, I use oil. So I use almond oil or coconut oil as a moisturizer. I could cook with it or I can put it on my skin. <laughs> Please don't. So, so, <laughs> so those are the moisturizers I use. And then the same thing goes with shampoo. I have a shampoo that I like. And like you said, I don't get crazy with it when I travel. Um, sometimes I'll take it and sometimes I don't, but I don't worry about it because I'm not doing it all the time. Right. And then um, that's kind of about it. And then from there, I look at cleaning products and hand soaps and things like that. Oh, and I get excited detergent. about it. Yeah. yeah. For Christmas, what do I give out to everybody? Yeah, we got, we still got some. <laughs> so for Christmas, whether they like it or not, their stocking is full of body care products. Yeah, and again, this isn't where we start. I think it's an, a very interesting thing that we're getting more exposure to. Um, there's there's many experts in the endocrine disruptor space that I think have very good information. If you think we're extreme, trust me, there's there's a scope and a spectrum where uh, would even be something where you think that it, that it's not possible that exists. But these just all, having awareness. These are all baby steps today, yeah. and that's really the key. Is just create the awareness that the human body is incredible and we try to, and to me, as time goes on, I would never think about that. We used to, you know, when my hands got really dirty, we used lava and then we used Iris Spring or we used Prel as shampoos. And now you're realizing, wow, that stuff is probably. You know, one of the things that I truly believe in, and this, and there's many reasons why it's common, but through COVID, as everyone was putting this hand sanitizers on, killing everything, I understand what we're, fearful of but we do have to kind of step back as we kill all bacteria because it, it's because a hand sanitizer or a antibiotic soap like these kill all bacteria that is not a good thing and it's very controversial and there's uh, there's politics involved but if we just for a second like Kristen says use a little bit of common sense my son as a seven He's been in school in a COVID era. He learned bugs are bad. Okay. Bad bugs are bad. But is a bug, is bacteria bug? I don't know his actual definition. But you need dirt. You need to play in the dirt. And when we just over sanitize and over cleanse and you see it, I see it every day. 
more allergies, weaker immune systems, can't figure out why I don't feel a certain way. My gut's so out of balance. Like now I need to take hydrochloric acid because we got to step back and say, what are we putting on our body? What are we putting in our mouth? Because again, it comes back to your body's always talking to you. It is talking to us. Right. And, and the key is we just have to listen. Yeah. And we need to start slowly. But again, from a body care standpoint, I, I would have everybody start with their deodorant. And then from there, just take one thing at a time and get excited about it. Because this, to me, I get excited when I have this, you know, really cool soap that I could actually bite or, you know, I, I get excited about that. But we don't start with that. But these are these are things that really do add up over time. Well, that's a new one. I, I don't bite my soap, but <laughs> I could. I'm not saying I bite it, but I could. You could feel good about it. So as we leave you today, kind of talking about some areas that are maybe on the fringe, but if you have if your teeth or your breath or your eyes or your skin or your digestion or your sleep, you got to give yourself some space, slow down, try to listen. Do you have to know all the answers? Do you have to know all the steps? No, but when you have that self-awareness, I think that's where the beginning of the magic can happen. And we'll see you again next time. 